Welcome everybody. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. In Psalm 138.2, it says, For you have magnified your word above your name. You've magnified your word above your name. <laughs> and you've heard people say, My word is my bond. And it means that they will absolutely keep their promise. Psalm 138.2 is saying that God speaks with perfect integrity when He speaks something. He keeps His promises. His words never return void. His word always accomplishes its divine purpose. It says in Mark 16, 15 to 18, And He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Amen. When Jesus says preach, he means preach. When he says cast out demons, it means cast out demons. I like to have healthy challenges and get myself to pray for the sick because I know myself. When I don't have these challenges in my life, I fall into the temptation and tendency uh, to be passive and lazy. But I'm thankful that I said yes to the Great Commission because I'm always reminded that my mission is to become love and to save souls. Worship, prayer, and fellowship will continue when we get to heaven. But there's one thing that we can't do in heaven, which is to save souls. This is why Jesus came in the first place to seek and save the lost. And he came to reproduce himself on the earth. And I give myself these healthy challenges because it's so good for me. And today I preached at a church on the Holy Spirit. Several people came to me after the service to receive prayer. Two people with back issues were healed. A man who had gout began to experience healing as he was drawing nearer to me. Yay, God. And then after the prayer, he was stunned because he felt so much better. Two ladies were touched by the presence of God and began to weep. One of them began to be set free from unclean spirits. Man, this stuff is for real. You know, I didn't sign up for no boring religion. Christianity is, is a powerful reality of God breaking in. One of the first lessons in seminary when they taught on interpreting scripture was the difference between exegesis and isogesis. Exegesis is an attempt to discover the meaning of the text objectively. It comes from a Greek word which means to draw out or lead out. The whole idea is that you're taking a text of scripture and you're objectively trying to discover what it's saying. Isogesis, on the other hand, is the idea of importing a subjective meaning into the text. And this is what I mean. You can look at the Bible in two ways. You can start with the Bible, that's exegesis. You can start with the text and you say, what does this mean? And you wrestle with the text to draw out its true meaning. But the other way, isogesis, is starting from your opinions. We all have desires, we all have thoughts, we all have wants and traditions. And we might fall into the temptation of using the Bible to prove our point of view and to support our unbiblical claims. Isogesis is extremely dangerous. 
You can do most anything with your own thoughts and use scripture to back up what you want. If you want to get a divorce, you can rationalize it by taking a verse out of context. Or you might want to build a mansion. And so you can take one verse and build a theology out from it and justify that the gospel is all about prosperity. And if you want to hate someone, you can find a person in the Bible and one verse to justify your anger towards someone and to say that hating someone is rational. You can justify most anything. You can start with a desire, then form an idea, and pull verses out from the Bible to support it. Versus exegesis, you start with the Word of God asking, what would I come up with if I started with this scripture? In seminary, I was taught to teach exegetically. Rather than changing the scriptures to fit my needs, I have to change my lifestyle. You know, teaching exegetically is easy, but the tougher thing is to live exegetically. The most important question is, if I put aside my culture, my desires, and what everyone else is doing, and started with the Word of God, what would my lifestyle look like? And living exegetically is where the fun begins. You know, living exegetically actually made me into a missionary. And there is no special call for a missionary. You know, it's not only the uh, super evangelist or the super Christian or the special guest speaker that's, you know, that gets to be a missionary. We are all called to live a missional life. And it's called the Great Commission. He gave us the earth to govern. In Acts 10.38, it doesn't say Jesus went around putting cancer on people. It says that Jesus of Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good and healed all those who were oppressed by the devil. Everyone who came to Jesus left healed. That's what I want. And for those who've never taken the risk of praying for someone, healing the sick is a, is a spiritual and mental wrestle. You know, being on mission is challenging. But if you want to follow Jesus, you got to lay all of that aside. You got to deny yourself, bear your own cross and follow him. If following Jesus is shameful to you, then you got to get born again. You weren't created to live for you, but you were created for the image of God. And for the glory of the one who called you. Christianity was about a rebirth. It was about putting off the old and putting on the new. It was about getting the lie off of us so that we can be a son. And the Bible doesn't come alive by simply studying it. It comes alive by living it. It's one thing to hear a prophetic word. It's another to become it. The Bible points to living like Jesus and becoming one with him. We have to be careful that there are no artificial replacements for the presence of God. Even the Bible itself could become an idol. Knowledge can replace knowing God. Adam and Eve desired for knowledge over knowing God and it got them into trouble. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. When Jesus says, you will know the truth, know here in the Greek is epigonosko or epigonosis, which is experiential knowledge. When you have an intimate relationship with the truth, the truth will set you free. The goal of the Bible is to make us one with God, to have a relationship with truth, and truth is a person, and, it, and truth has a name, and His name is Jesus. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. This is so healthy. Christ is the image of God, 
And the image of God is our goal. I want the presence of God more than the prison cell of my own knowledge and my way of doing things. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's it. Bible knowledge is not the end. It is to equip us for every good work to become like the Father's Son, Jesus, to become love. Stay up, stay blessed. Thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. Peace. Mm -hmm.